HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash workplace trends 2024 and download the report to find out. When you sit down to work on your business strategy, are you only looking at and thinking about product and the customer? What about your people? Do you put in the same effort and rigor into building out a people strategy? I would say that this is one area that is likely missing. Well, today I had a great conversation with Jack Altman, CEO and co-founder of Lattice, a company focused on turning employees into high performers, managers into leaders, and companies into the best places to work. Stay tuned because you will gain a deeper understanding of why we need to focus on purpose, growth, and community. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tim Reitzma, the resident host of People Managing People. Welcome to the podcast. We're people managing people and we want to lead and manage better. We're owners, founders, entrepreneurs, we're middle managers, we're team leaders. We're managing people and yes, we do human resources, but we're not HR, at least not in the traditional sense. We're on a mission to help people lead and manage their teams and organizations more effectively. So if you want to lead and manage better, if you want to become a better organizational leader and more effective people manager, then join us. Keep listening to the podcast to find the tips, tricks, and tools you need to recruit, retain, manage, and lead your people and organization more effectively. And while listening to the show, please subscribe and join our mailing list on peoplemanagingpeople.com to stay up to date with all that's going on. Welcome, Jack, to the People Managing People podcast. It's uh, such a pleasure to have you on as a guest today. And uh, But before we get into it, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and a little bit about Lattice. Sure. Yeah. And thanks a ton for having me. Excited to have this conversation. Lattice is a people management platform that we started in 2015. Me and my co-founder had worked together at a company before that grew super fast. And the headcount grew really quickly. The revenue grew really quickly. But what we noticed as we crossed 100, 150 employees was that because we didn't intentionally invest in maintaining a certain culture and making sure that employees had great career paths, that they knew how their work impacted the overall company goals, that they were getting feedback, that they had great management. Because of that, over time, the culture got really tricky and ultimately held us back from reaching our full potential as a company and as individuals. And so we wanted to build something that could help other companies work through these challenges. And that was what started off Lattice. And what began as a goal-setting tool evolved into a goal-setting and one-on-ones tool. And then we, then we added performance reviews in our right around the end of the first year of running the business, and, and things started taking off from there. And I think what we tapped into was this important notion that reviews performance management should be about the employee, not about the company. It needs to be about developing people, about helping them grow, about helping them succeed. And and through investing in the employee, you will get a great business, not by extracting value and by seeing them as a resource to be managed and have their value extracted, but by using all of these HR processes, flipping them on their head and saying, how can we use these to support employees? That's 
that's what's going to make companies successful. And around 2016, that was that was when the industry really started changing in this direction, and and that was our beginning. Wow, that's uh, and so it's 2020 now, and I was just reading that that uh, you had some exciting news earlier this summer where you closed uh, another round of of financing and or another round of funding, and and so congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, and so I, I like what you said about uh, about performance management, and it's not about it's not about the company; it's about the employee. And I know we're going to talk about about the topic of a people strategy as the new business strategy. So, so walk me through that. Walk me through how it's about how we need to shift from from being about the company to being about our people. So, I think there's there's the underlying component, which is that all companies, in my view, are better off by investing in people. And this is something that no matter your particular company strategy, no matter your industry, I believe all companies are better off when they see the success and happiness and engagement and all of this, when they see those things in their employees as one of their, if not their most important job, those businesses thrive. A great example of this even is, let's go way outside of tech. Let's take Trader Joe's. You go into Trader Joe's and everybody who works there is super friendly, super caring. We've had some Trader Joe's um, interviews on the Lattice blog, and that's deep in the culture. They work really hard to make sure that they treat employees really well. And as a result, they get better experiences for customers. And as a result, they, they do better as a business, and the flywheel continues. I think you see that all around all around industries. And it's not just tech. This is a, this is a global phenomenon. So that's the first piece is a, a core belief that investing in people leads to better companies. And then on the people strategy piece, that's where nuance and difference comes in. So not all companies should have the same people strategy. And when I say people strategy, I mean the tactical directional ways that we are investing in people that we're looking to hire, attract, retain, develop our people. And that can matter based on our business. So examples of different people strategies would be in 2020, many of us are considering, do we want to plan to go remote forever or do we want to stay local forever? There's mm-hmm. not one correct decision for that, but it requires a real depth of thought to look at your own business, look at your market for talent, look at what you're trying to provide for customers and make those considerations on your own. So people strategy isn't about doing things a certain way. It's about being really intentional about what your business needs are and how to match your people practices towards it. Yeah, that's that's fascinating because you know the organization I'm involved in, we're going through this the topic of a business strategy right now, and often a business strategy just looks at external, not internal, and not internal as how are we going to be running this company from a people perspective? Are we going to be remote? Are we going to be a hybrid? Are we going? We going back to an office, and and it's more than just, hey, we have a tuition allowance, so that's our development of people, and so how do we move past that? Because so many job postings that I've read and I'm reading are it's like we've got great perks about our people, so we offer flexible environments and a tuition allowance, and so so how do we go beyond that? I believe what's going to happen over time is that the market will will do its thing and will make the companies that invest at a level deeper than than perks. Those are going to be the companies that win over time. I really believe that the companies 
that invest in the core pillars of a successful employee experience are going to be the companies that win. And in my mind, the pillars are growth, purpose, and community. And growth is tapping into this basic need that all humans have to make progress, to have long arcs of our life, have stories to them and growth and development. And I think that is fundamental to being human. Purpose is about knowing that what we're doing each day contributes to something that matters to the world, that there's a reason behind the work that we're doing, that we aren't just spinning our wheels for the sake of it, but that we're making the world a better place, that we're having an impact that we care about, that we're doing something that's personally meaningful to us. But being able to give your employees a sense of purpose is really important. And then finally, it's community. I think that people are naturally social creatures, which is one of the reasons why I I don't think remote is for everyone. But I think that community is one of the greatest joys that we can get from the workplace. And it's one of the greatest sources of, of meaningful work. And so I think companies need to intentionally provide community for people. And the ones that do intentionally provide community for people are going to have happier employees who stay longer and are more productive. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Your growth purpose community. And I'm curious if you have any examples, just even at Lattice about how, how these three um, kind of three pillars show up. So on, on growth, one thing that we're really excited about is we're launching our third product category shortly And it's all around the concept of how can we give our customers tools to manage and support employee growth. So we really believe that um, companies who put their employees' growth as a central pillar of the way that they manage them at the front and center, those companies are going to thrive. But it's really difficult to do it in practice. When you're small, you can often naturally have opportunities for growth rise up. New teams are being formed and there's you're hiring lots of people. And so people can have opportunities for management roles or to do a different type of you know engineering work or customer work. When you get larger, when you get to a certain scale, it's much easier for people to get lost in the shuffle. And so companies that pass a certain size need to really start investing intentionally. So we're really excited to provide that to customers sort of systemically. On, on the purpose side, what's funny about that is we actually started with that as the primary driver for why we wanted to start Lattice. And it didn't actually result in our most important product. But one thing that we noticed, my co-founder and I, at our last company was we didn't always know what the company's most important priorities were. And as a result, we didn't know how our own work mattered. And so we had this conception that if a company could really clearly articulate its own top company level goals and then connect those down to the team goals and the individual goals, that as an individual contributor, I would be able to see my work does X, it contributes to Y, and as a result, the company goal Z will be accomplished. There's this story that I think Elon Musk told, or maybe somebody else was telling it about SpaceX, where they were walking around on the factory floor and you know somebody asked somebody what were you do what are you working on and they basically very quickly connected it all and said i'm working on this panel that's going to go on the side of the spaceship that's going to allow for it to get through the atmosphere in this way and it's going to weigh this much so that we can come back and i'm doing this because we need to get to mars and this is this is how we're going to do it and so that connection of purpose to, yes, I might be working on 
a relatively small thing in the grand scheme of things, but it's really important and it's serving this higher purpose in their case of, you know, taking humanity to Mars. And by knowing that I'm going to feel more motivated because I know my purpose. And so we want to strive with ourselves to, to build that for, for people in Lattice, but also to build products that help people do it. And then on community and relationships at work, I really believe that feedback and honesty and openness and clarity, those are the types of things that build for high trust, high meaning relationships at work. And naturally our products and feedback and reviews and engagement surveys are, are all about that. So that's, we, we try to have our products reflect those things that we believe are the deeper sources of meaning at work, not things like, um, you know, ping pong tables and snacks and all of that. Yeah. Just the, the surface elements in the office of, yeah, like you said, ping pong tables, but with people now working from home, it's the, they don't have access to that ping pong table anymore. So did it actually serve the purpose that you wanted it to? And totally. And so I'm, I'm curious at, at Lattice, it, you know, when we're thinking about a people and people strategy, um, is your team, is your team back in the office? Are they fully remote right now? And, and kind of what's your plan? We are fully remote right now. And that is out of safety reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be, it, it's, it's only appropriate right now. We don't, we don't see a safe way to be back in the office. What we are going to embrace for the future is a, is some form of, of hybrid work where we acknowledge that different people have different interests, different teams have different working styles. And I think a lot of us have learned in 2020 that maybe our tastes and preferences are a little bit different than we thought they were before we got the chance to see what working from home is like. For me personally, I, I really miss the office. But at the same time, I've learned that I have some really productive days when I'm not in the office, when I'm working at home because I don't get distracted, I don't get interrupted, I don't have a long commute, I can do some laundry in the middle of the day. So. I think a lot of us are still learning our boundaries, but I think the the key for us is going to be to adapt to a more flexible work style in the future. But we are planning to still have an in-person office in addition to supporting remote. Yeah. And, and, and as you think about, you know, the next year and and you think about your business strategy for, for the next year, how how much of the business strategy is really focused just on people? Or do you start with your people strategy before you even look at your business strategy? That's a great question. I think you start with the the business strategy and your people strategy is probably the most important effort in support of that. So I think that you start with a mission or with a goal or a purpose as a business. So, you know, for example, Amazon, Amazon's goal, their their mission is to be the most customer centric company on earth. And they're really clear about that. And that goes well beyond AWS or retail or anything. They want to be the most customer-centric company in the world. And then from there, they say, okay, what does that mean for our people strategy? What type of people do we need to hire? What does that mean for the types of roles that we need? What does this mean for our compensation practices? What does this mean for our cultural values? So I think you start with the company mission and purpose and vision and then people strategy is going to be the most important ingredient that helps you accomplish that mission. Yeah. And what are, so we kind of talked about a couple elements of that 
people strategy. And so, again, is it, you know, we talked about it's more than just a tuition allowance. So is it just, you know, a complex uh, Excel file or templates that you need to get filled out in order to be able to see, you know, come up with your people strategy? Do you need to do complex skills matrix or, you know, nine box assessments or what, uh, what goes into it? A lot goes into it. And it's a great question um, to get tactical about it. Because I think what you realize when you when you start to answer that question is it's a big job. And it is, if we were to think about what's our sales strategy, what's our go-to-market strategy for sales and marketing, or what's our product strategy, you wouldn't say, oh, our product strategy, we're going to answer that in a one-page Google Doc. We're going <laughs> to, that, that's going to be complex. We're going to have yeah. executives and leaders, and we're going to have tons of employees, and we're going to spend offsites thinking about this, and there's lots of details. And people strategy is deserving of that same sort of rigor. And when you think about all of the elements of it, you start at the very highest level. What are our values? What are the things that we care about that we, that we won't waver on? So, you know, you, you set up the things at the company values level that are going to be true no matter what, that it should be true across departments, that these are the things that we will prioritize and reward and fundamental. And doing that process well takes a long time. At Lattice, we we did that process once very early on, and we didn't get a great result. We ended up with a bunch of very sort of bland corporate words, things like integrity mm-hmm. and acting like an owner. Yeah. And then we we stepped back, tried it again the next year, and we ran a better process that was led by our COO, where we, we really did it intensively. And we really thought more critically about what makes for good values. What does it take to, to do this correctly? And we came up with much more resonant values. I won't go through them all, but an example is ship shipmate self, which guides that people should care about the company first, and then their teammates second, and then their selves last. And those sorts of things guide how we should act in different situations or another one of our values is clear eyes which is that we sort of look at you know each problem from a sort of first principles eyes wide open see the world as it is type of type type of view so those kinds of values and getting those values to really match what you want that's that's the first step to a people strategy is what types of people do we care about what values of those people matter most and yes, of course, you mentioned things like competencies and skills. There's questions like compensation. There's questions like what are the management practices that we're going to hold near and dear? How are we going to do performance management? What are our tactics for um, for when we need to make terminations? And you know, is this Netflix where we reward sort of mediocre performance with generous compensation, or is this most companies where only if someone really isn't meeting the needs of the job are they are they let go. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a ton of questions, but going back to the original point, recognizing it and honoring it as something that is as multifaceted and complex as go to market strategy and product strategy, then equips companies with the right mentality to say, okay, we need to invest in this with real teams, real sophistication, real effort if we want to get a great result. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because. You know, I've been part of organizations where a people strategy is, hey, we, we're going to grow in, our, in, in a certain market, so just go find more people. And all of a sudden, you have a team of people who 
aren't getting along, aren't focused on a purpose, not building community, and do not have any sort of growth mindset. And so this is, I think, where it's it's key. And and not just from a people and culture perspective or an HR perspective, but the entire executive team be on board with right. creating that people strategy. And you know, have you seen how do you deal then deal with you know maybe an executive team or somebody on the team who's just not bought into it in, into mm. this approach? Well, I think one of the key tenets of of a highly functioning team, executive or otherwise, is the ability to disagree and commit. And so I think that up until a decision is made, a healthy team dynamic will debate and be honest and confront. You know, there's also an opposite tendency that sometimes happens on teams where because they are so conflict diverse and they can't deal with interpersonal tension, people will disagree with decisions before they've been made and they'll have opposing viewpoints, but they won't voice them. And so the the there's not a chance to earn that commitment to have those disagreements, to see other points of view. But I think the key is to foster a culture where people are able and safe to disagree, you know, really, really, really meaningfully and fundamentally to, to disagree and debate while a decision is coming together. And then once that decision is made to say, you know what, we're one team, it's important that as a leadership team, the company sees a unified front from us. I've, I've heard my colleagues, I'm going to believe in the wisdom of the group, and I'm going to, I'm going to go with with what we're doing, and I'm going to put all my weight behind it as though I supported it from from the beginning. And I think that ability is one of the defining characteristics of, of an effective team. Yeah, it's as you're speaking, it really just reminded me of um, you know one of my favorite authors, Patrick Lencioni, and he often talks about you know the foundation for a team is trust. And so if you if you don't have trust, it's hard to engage in in healthy conflict. And he he talks uh, it tells a lot of stories about conflict in his team, and and uh, but it all comes from a place of of deep care and deep trust. And so. Yeah. Regardless if it's a business strategy or a people strategy, it's uh, when you're when you're going on to an offsite or bringing other people into a conversation, it's just having that level of trust. Totally. And, and so I kind of want to switch switch gears a little bit because you said something earlier that that I'm kind of really curious about, and that's about community. And you know, as part of we thinking about people strategy or thinking about business strategy, we're we're thinking about how's the future of work going to look. Building community uh, with a semi-dispersed or fully dispersed uh, team, um, I, I've been reading a lot about that. It's it's difficult, and the the one thing that keeps coming up as a theme is communication. We need to communicate, and so at Lattice, how are you building community within your team? It's a great question, and I I do agree with you that I think it's harder. Um, I think a lot of the community that we have today is still a result of many of the connections that were built in person back in the office, you know, before March. And so I, I do think that relationships, particularly new relationships form and maintain more strongly when you do get chances for those in-person interactions. Um, I think it can be done over zoom. I just think it takes, takes a lot more intentionality and effort to create the types of formats where an actual you know, friendship, that, that a caring relationship is formed, where I'm invested in this person's success, where I feel like I really know them on a personal level, where we have some shared experiences, all of those things that go into the formation of a 
typical human relationship. You have to think about how am I going to create those in, in a remote context? And, and, and it, it also brings up a broader question of, is it doable and how important is it really? You know, there, are, there are many companies that have been all remote for a long time and, and very successful. Companies that you know, come to mind are WordPress and GitLab and uh, Webflow. There's, there's a lot of really great companies that have been remote as the sort of primary mode of work well before this all happened. And people in those contexts often will say that you know, they, they're able to build great relationships, but more importantly maybe is they're able to have a certain work-life balance that is harder to get when you're commuting every day. And you know, I've got a seven-month-old baby now, and one of the great things this year is that I get to spend so much more time with him than I would have otherwise. So I do think that the purpose and relationships question goes a little bit broader than work. And so, you know, there, there is this meta question of, even if I can't get the same strength of relationship at work, many people are willing to make that trade. I think a difference between all of us today and those employees who have worked at these remote companies for a long time is this isn't a conscious choice for most of us. This is a necessary that we didn't select versus I think for many employees, remote is, you know, is preferable to them. So all of that said, I think the ways that you can sort of create and foster good relationships remotely are more more intentional opportunities for communication that isn't just transactional. So things we try to do are coffee chats. We try to do game nights where we'll get people together for to, to play games you know, online, of course. Um, just kind of creating environments where people can get to know one another, not just... You, you know, sort of transact work. I think that's really important. So, so, so there's a lot like that. There's team building exercises, but it, it's tricky. No doubt about it. It's tricky. Yeah. It's, uh, through, through this lockdown, um, I ended up starting a new, a new role. And, um, uh, yesterday was the first time I met my, my new leader, my new boss in person. And I've mm-hmm. uh, been at this position for, for almost two months. And so mm-hmm. actually, see, you know, having a, a, a distant visit and connection with, with my new leader, uh, was, um, was pretty phenomenal, actually. Like, you know, seeing somebody on, on your computer screen through Zoom or whatever video conferencing you have versus seeing somebody in person. There's just something about that human element that, uh, that is, um, yeah, I, I feel that, and I'm hearing that some people are missing, but, but yeah, this, as we think about people's right. strategy, it's like, what's, what's it going to look like? You know, what are the needs of even in our team? So as a company, what are our needs? But also, you know, I've been interviewing people within the organization I'm part of and, and, and asking, how are you doing? What, what are your needs going to look like in the future? And, and as you said, you've got a young one at home. And being able to be home with that that person is with your child is uh, is phenomenal, right? You wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. So, so I think that's also important. But yeah, you know, sure. I'm also I'm also curious. Like, okay, so we've talked about the people strategy and some of the the great elements that go into it, and and so where do we start? So, if a company has determined their values, they understand um, where they're going, they've got their purpose. What's next? What what should we do? Well, I think the, the the main things to do at a zoomed out le- what one level below that are: do we have the systems in place to attract, hire, develop, retain the type of talent that we 
set out to to do. So, you know, with our with our mission and our vision and our values, we've hopefully described what we what matters most to us. And now we need to build the systems and processes that are going to allow us to go out and bring those people into the company, as well as the systems that are going to make those people successful once they work at the company and um, make them help give them ways to grow and develop and want to stay and want to recruit their own friends. And that that's what comes next at, at the highest next level. And so you'll see kind of two functions inside a, a people team. You'll see a recruiting team and you'll see a people ops team. And so each of those will then be broken down into its constituent parts. So in recruiting, we will have sourcing and hiring and we'll have strategic conversations and we'll have cross-functional partnerships so that we have relationships with managers in the ways that we need. And there's all that sort of work. And then on the people operations side, we're going to have lots of work streams there that matter too. So how are we going to make check and make sure that our employees are engaged and happy? How are we going to do performance management? How are we going to manage compensation? How are we going to onboard new employees that we have? All these sorts of questions. And then you keep drilling down from there. So basically, you're gonna you you can visualize like a pyramid with mission, vision, values at the top, and then maybe next comes talent acquisition, and then next come and on one side as well as uh, talent retention and motivation and success. And you you break down from there and you keep atomizing it until you've got down to the to the actual work streams. And then you know hopefully you've got strong leadership who can keep all of those disparate activities within your people strategy and your people team can keep those coordinated as well as communicate effectively with the rest of your organization so that people know what's coming and they know what they can expect from from the people team and how, how they can support and fit in and, and what they what, what, what they can be expected uh, to, to see yeah that's that's great it's more than just you know finding a talent that fits a certain skill set it's finding somebody who is aligned with the values and the culture and but also internally ensuring that you you have uh, systems set up to support the team like you, you talked about growth and having the tools in place to grow our people and it's not just you know managing a person it's it's leading them in a way for for them to succeed and so definitely so I, yeah and that's, so I, and i think that's the key i think a a great manager is their job is not to simply like extract value it's to ensure that that employee is being successful knowing that if you do that and you know that success means different things to different people so you know the first thing any manager should do is know their employees career aspirations and know their goals and know what makes them fulfilled and what makes for a happy work day and a happy work year and all of those things and you start from that foundation and then you strive to make that employee successful. And if you've done your job right, that employee's success will be aligned with the company's needs and it'll sort of be in, in harmony. And, and I think that's what great management looks like. Yeah. And, and that just feeds right into what we were talking about earlier about, you know, having, it's not a separation of the, you know, maybe the traditional or kind of the old way of thinking of there's work and then there's life with our teams being dispersed we're more and more common bringing those two those two items together, those two elements together, and so Absolutely. I like that you're kind of digging into the personal of of that uh, person. You know what what gets you excited? What are your personal goals? Where do you want to be? And and a manager and an organization needs to be there to support that individual to 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 succeed. 
That's right. And I think even before remote work, which is certainly accelerating it, but I think we were already starting to see work and the rest of our lives bleed together more than other times in history. And I think one possible explanation for that is the rise of technology and iPhones, and we've all got the internet in our pocket now, and so we're reachable anytime, and we've got Slack at 9 p.m., and there's all sorts of ways in which, yeah, technology has just crept into our lives, and it's brought work, you know, a little bit into every hour of the day. Another, maybe more, like, broader trend, and this this is a bit of postulation, but I do also think that particularly in major cities in the U.S., we've seen the decline of some communities that have existed historically, things like religion, for example, where the decline of those communities for many people working in, say, San Francisco or New York or what have you, I think that, and and of course, many other places, I think that has also led to a gap for many people where they crave that community one way or another and work is the most reasonable sort of filler of that gap. And so people are looking for their colleagues to also be their friends and their community. And so in that type of world, it's not just that companies are expecting more from employees, but rather that employees are expecting more from their companies and wanting their company not just to be their place of employment, but a place of real purpose in their life. And so I think that has gotten tangled up too. Yeah, I think uh, we could have a whole other podcast just on on that topic of of community and just that real blend of of life and yes. how organizations, or rather, um, people in organizations look to their colleagues to to for to to become friends or to drive big and deep friendships. And so, yeah, that's a that's a fascinating conversation for sure. And so, yeah, as as we look to wrap up. Um, Jack, I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and sharing your insights at Lattice and as well as why it's important to focus on a people strategy. Uh, I'm going to take this and, uh, and uh, there's some work that we need to be doing at our organization uh, to, to think about our, what is our business strategy and, and how do we then uh, come up with a, with a people strategy to support the business and grow the business. So thanks again for coming on and, um, and yeah, have a, have a great rest of your day. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.